0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
1: This is What the Heck
0: with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a great week. And this is going to be an interesting show heading into UFC Fight Island 5. Of course, we're coming off of UFC Fight Island 4 this past Saturday. Holly Holm had a huge win over Arlene Aldana in the main event. We talked all about that on our post-fight show. We had Laura Sanko joining us, so if you want to get our thoughts on that main event and the ins and outs of that card, we talked about it a lot on the post-fight show. We talked about it a little bit more in depth with some of the Lower on the card fights and performances on between the links as well. So you can go back into the archives, whether it be on the YouTube channel or on the podcast network, and you can get our thoughts on that. We will talk a little bit more about UFC Fight Island 4 this week on the show. But just a quick explanation, because if you look at past episodes of What the Heck, they were a little more loaded, right? We had four, five sometimes six, seven guests on the program. This week, you may have noticed we only have two, and there's an explanation for that because we did have more. We did have Alex Hernandez, who's getting ready to fight Chris Gritzmacher on October 31st. He was gonna join us on the program, but funny thing happened. Typical New England day here in Massachusetts as we record this, it is Wednesday night, and I am not in Command Center 2.0. I am actually in my mother-in-law's kitchen, and the reason for that is We had a very interesting day here in New England in October. Drove my kid to school around 8.05 this morning, Eastern Standard Time. Sunny day, beautiful outside, ready to have a nice, sunshiny day. Okay, as the day progressed, got a little cloudier. Lunchtime happened, sun was out again, and it got cloudy around one or two o'clock. And then all of a sudden, the power just goes out in my house. And then I look across the street, whole neighborhood's out. Then I walk down around the block, everybody's out, like literally everybody's out. And we're still out, hours later. So as I'm recording this open, it is around 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, still no power, so luckily my mother-in-law, God bless her, has power, working Wi-Fi. So I'm here doing these open, opening video parts and segments and all that stuff that you would normally get and it would flow all together. But we were supposed to talk to Alex Hernandez to make it a three guest show. That is not the case this week because we lost power. So we are gonna talk to Alex Hernandez on Thursday. We're also gonna talk to James Krause on Thursday, who's getting ready to fight Claudio Silva next Saturday at UFC Fight Island 6, I think we're calling it, but you you know what card that is. It's the one headlined by Brian Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. So we're gonna have a a two guest show. We're gonna do three. And no more than that, mostly because we did 19 Media Day scrums. <laughs> Jose out in Abu Dhabi for UFC Fight Island 5. Everybody from Marlon Moraes to Corey Sanhagen, a bunch of the prelim fighters as well. Now, th- those scrums are all over our YouTube page. So we didn't want things to just get completely buried, but we have two very fascinating interviews to get to on the program. So it'll be short and sweet because there's a lot going on in the world. We also have the some stuff from the Bellator Media Day of course, they're in Paris, France on Saturday. Czech Congo versus Tim Johnson is headlining, I guess, one part of that card. And then Bellator 249 is headlined by Michael Venom Page, taking on Ross Houston. So we have some scrums from MVP, from Ross Houston, up there as well. I, th- I believe Mads Brunel may, may be up there as well. So check those out and get ready for the for for a pretty busy and, and packed up weekend of mixed martial arts action. Run down the lineup, going off the top of the dome, just making this happen because I have Wi-Fi, I have power. And with the weather and everything being so inconsistent, I guess, Mother Nature is doing this to us, we're going to get right into this and get right out of it because I don't want to lose power here as well. So later on in the program, wrapping us up, we're going to talk to John Gotti III. Yes, John Gotti III, undefeated fighter. Of course, he is the grandson of the infamous mob boss, John Gotti. He's got a big fight coming up next Wednesday, October 14th. He's got a headline, CES61, that's going to stream exclusively on UFC Fight Pass. It's going to take on New England's Nick Alley. should be one heck of a scrap. Those two guys are finishers. Nick Alley has never gone to the judges' scorecards, win or lose. So that should be a fun scrap. First time I've ever had the chance to talk to John Gotti third one-on-one like this. So you'll hear that later on in the program. But kicking us off, speaking of UFC Fight Island 4, what a win What a performance for Jermaine Durandamy. She doesn't just beat Juliana Pena. She puts her to sleep, and she didn't put her to sleep with punches and kicks. She put her to sleep with a guillotine choke. Jermaine Durandamy, first submission win of her entire career, and she gave me about 30 minutes of her time, and I gotta tell you, she gets a lot of crap, and I just don't understand it, because what a joy it is to talk to somebody as positive as Jermaine Durandamy, the inaugural UFC Women's Featherweight Champion And she has some interesting things to say, especially when it comes to her career, where she stands and what would happen if she were to get another opportunity to fight Amanda Nunes for the 135 pound, maybe even the 145 pound title, should that opportunity arise. So kicking us off this week, the Iron Lady, now the submission machine. Here she is, Jermaine Duranime. All right, we have one of the shining stars of UFC Fight Island 4 this past Saturday night in a very important fight in the women's 135-pound division. Jermaine Durandamy submits Juliana Pena in the third round, put her to sleep with the nasty guillotine, and now the submission machine herself is joining us on the show. Jermaine, how are you with the new nickname and everything?
1: Well, I love the new nickname. I'm doing great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm I'm happy to be home and... uh... You know, but I had a great time in Abu Dhabi, I had an amazing time in Abu Dhabi, I'm doing good.
0: What did you think of that whole situation? Because obviously it's a very trying time around the world right now, it's a very unique circumstance with with the UFC just venturing off to Abu Dhabi just to get the international fighters on these cards. You seem like you had a good time, but what did you make of the whole setup and the bubble and everything they did to make sure that the fighters were safe throughout this whole process?
1: Well, in the beginning, I was like, this is so weird because you have such limited space for yourself to go, you know, and normally when we, when I would go into fight week, you know, we go in exploring everywhere we can possibly go, but this time that was not possible, but I kind of liked it because it kept it very small and, you know, you keep the focus, but you still enjoy the time you have. And I have to say they did an amazing job and they took amazingly great care of us. You know, I, I cannot say anything less about it. And the, the good thing I liked about it is that everything went a lot of faster during fight night morning and morning.
0: <laughs> what was the time difference between where you are in the Netherlands to Abu Dhabi? Because I know for the American fighters, it was like a huge difference. What was the difference like for you?
1: Only two hours. So Abu Dhabi is two hours later than it, it is here in the Netherlands. So it was not that much.
0: Oh, so that was like a nice little advantage for you. <laughs>
1: But, and we only had to make small adjustments in the in the trainings in the early mornings but I'm an early morning person so you know I was I was good with it
0: there you go so first submission win of your career and nobody saw that coming i believe the odds makers had it at a plus 2300 that you would finish the fight by submission but it just goes to show you that in this sport evolution never stops how does it all feel a few days later to not just get a win but to show the world that you still have some tricks up your sleeve
1: <laughs> You know, I always tell everybody I'm 36 years old, you know, and I've been fighting for a very long time, but I love this game so much. So, you know, and I want to learn and I want to become better. And yeah, I have to say it's nice knocking somebody out because, you know, that's what I love to do. But this one is very special, very special to me. And this one I will stay forever close to my heart. I have to say, you know, especially because in my last fight, of course, with Amanda, you know, I didn't do so well on the ground and I know I'm better than what I've shown and, you know, and I still made a lot of mistakes, you know, and, but there's always space to learn. And, you know, I got the submission and that was a beautiful crown on this, uh, on this beautiful memory.
0: On our, on our post-fight show, we actually invited Laura Sanko on and, you know, she, she obviously has some insight being a former professional fighter. She still trains consistently and she was super impressed by, The submission, because the execution of that choke was spot on. She said, I believe her exact words were, that wasn't blue belt stuff. This was like high level submission stuff. And it's clearly something that you've had in your repertoire for quite some time, but we just haven't had a chance to see it. Do you think that you open up a lot of eyes on Saturday night that you sent a nice little message to not just Amanda Nunes, but the rest of your division being like, don't try to go to the ground with me because I might get a little sneaky on you.
1: I mean, you know, it always opens, it opens up eyes, you know, and it, it was more, the more important thing is for me, it finally all settles in, you know, because in the second round, I almost had the full flu choke. My coaches coached me through very well. And, uh, I know I almost had her there, uh, but you know, and then we worked a lot on that submission and from that position, because a lot of times when, and we saw that in my, in my fight with Amanda Nunes. Amanda shot very low on the legs and you know from that position on you know it's easy when I can wrap my arm I have pretty long arms so you know if I can wrap my arms around it you know it's going to be stuck and i at the moment I slipped her head to the other side to put my arm through I was like I'm not letting go this is mine I'm not letting go. (laughs)
0: The, the first round, you were able to thwart Juliana's game plan for most of the round. You were able to keep your distance. You were landing big shots on the feet. She was able to get you down in like the final seconds. And then the second round, she got you down again and probably won that round. Like you said, you did lock in the Von Flew. It was pretty tight, but you weren't able to finish there. But it seemed like heading into the third, it was one-to-one. So what was the conversation like with your coaches between the second and third rounds?
1: Well, they told me, you know, and I knew, I knew at the end of round two, I, I knew I lost that round. And they told me, go have fun. And I, we, in the locker room, we had one thing and we discussed. And we were like, if it's tied after the second round or I'm behind, we're just going to have fun. We go, you know, and I'm like, so right before the referee says fight, the one of my friends, uh, I, one of my training partners, she says, Jermaine, it's the third round. It's time to have some fun. And I'm like, okay, because I knew I had to put pressure on her. I knew I had to land more than her but i still had to be careful you know because i didn't want to because i knew if she was able to going to take me down she was going to ride it out on top and and it's going to be boring and she was not going to take any risk because of the reverse i made in the second round at the end of the round so i knew i had to be careful but i knew i put a little bit more a little bit more pressure and i felt a little bit tight like i said after the fight i felt a little bit tight the whole fight and uh you know, I didn't, I wasn't as loose as I wanted to be and throw bit more combinations, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just wanted to pressure her and, uh, you know, wherever the fight goes, it goes, you know, I mean, I see a lot of, you know, some, I, I don't, I'm a very positive person and I don't like to read any negative stuff. And I've seen some very negative stuff about, uh, Juliana about after this fight. And, you know, the thing I do want to say to people is, man, that girl deserves a lot of credit. I mean, she's one tough one tough warrior. You know, she it was a ride or die, and she died in that way. You know, she never gave up, and she brought the fight. So all props to her, and mad respect for her because, man, she did that. And I gave her some tough shots, I can tell you that.
0: Yeah, did did, did anything surprise you in the, at all f- from Juliana? Because, like you said, she did eat a lot of big shots. She even landed a few of her own in the fight, which I think surprised a lot of people. Did Did it go according to plan? I know you were a little bit tight. You weren't as loose as you would have liked to have been, but... Were there things that Juliana did in the fight that, that you didn't expect?
1: Well, I didn't I expect her to throw a lot of punches to try to shoot, you know, and because in the second round, she uh, tried to bum rush me with a lot of punches. And I'm like, okay, we <laughs> really going to make this, a, a, you know, a dirty boxing match because I love to. So that surprised me in a way, but I was cautious about it because I knew she was going to going to do that to set up the takedown. Because she, I know she did that in her previous fights a couple of times. Throw a lot of punches and then shoot for the takedown. So I knew I had to be careful and didn't didn't let my I didn't, uh, how can I explain that the best way? I didn't want to get involved too much in it and let myself go because then I was going to be flat-footed. And I know that was the th- one thing I should not do in this fight. The mistake that I made in Amanda's, the fight with Amanda to be flat-footed. I wanted to stay light and I had to be able to move back. So, but, uh, and I mean, she's a tough girl that, that I had no doubt about it, but she's tough. Mad respect to her. She's tough.
0: So you have now won six out of your last seven. You've beaten everybody you fought in the UFC, not named Amanda Nunes. You're the number one ranked Bantamweight contender. But you just fought a man in December and you know how the UFC is. They like to keep things fresh. So that puts you in a really interesting spot because you've clearly earned a title shot here, but you may have to win another fight, maybe two before that happens in this current landscape. Is it a little frustrating to be where you are knowing that you are there, but you can't really go anywhere at the moment?
1: No, no, not at all. No, not at all, you know? I love fighting. And I don't care. I I could care less about rankings. I honestly do, you know. And if you want to fight for the title, you have to earn that spot. And maybe one good performance doesn't get you that title shot right away. I'm still ranked number one in the world. And it's my job to stay ranked number one in the world. These are tough times, man. I I mean, we're blessed that we can fight and that the UFC makes it possible for us to do what we love to do. You know, so... If I have to fight two more times, it's up to me to stay, to stay the number one contender in the world and to prove I belong there and I'm still the number one. And you know what the funniest thing is? Because uh, earlier this morning, I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, Amanda and I, we both uh, came in the beginning, uh, in, the, in the era when Ronda Rousey came to the UFC. Amanda and I were both, we both came in, we were both signed in that time of time frame. And we're still on top of the game. I mean, years, years later, so many have come and have passed. And Holly came, I think, a year or less later. But the three of us were still in it on top of this game, on top of the division. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I was thinking about it. I'm like, damn, we don't do that bad for these oldies, you know. We've been here for (laughs) long from these girls and. Well, we don't do that bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mentioned Holly, and in the main event, she had a great win over Ardini Aldana. Did you get a chance to watch that fight? What did you think of Holly's performance?
1: I honestly, I had no chance in watching it because I had to do some interviews, and then I had to go do some photos. Uh, so I haven't, I didn't have a chance to, to watch it. So I don't know. I heard people told me she did a great fight. So mad respect to her. About also for Adana, I mean, she's also a tough girl, you know, two tough girls facing each other. Man, respect to both of them.
0: Yeah, Aldana was super tough cuz Holly was landing at will and it, it, she had a lot of kicks and a lot of punches. It was a uh, it was pretty pretty mesmerizing to see, but it seems like that everybody wants to see the rematch between you and Holly now. It seems like the stars are aligning and of course, you ladies fought for the featherweight title at UFC 208. You got the win, but that night kind of began this strange relationship with the fans because of how that fight played out in the aftermath, et Are you interested in running this back with Holly, even though you already beat her? Because it seems like this is the fight everybody wants to see now.
1: You know, that's always an option. It's always an option. You know, I mean, you know, I'm open to fight everybody. You know, I'm just, I just want to put up an exciting fight and give the fans what they deserve, you know, and make it fun. You know, I want to fight everybody. That's the thing. I want to fight everybody. So everybody is an option at this moment.
0: Do you feel that a fight like that can finally help you and the fans move on a little bit from that whole thing? Because I feel like this happened so long ago and the sport moves so quickly that we, we oftentimes forget about things that happened a couple of years ago. But it seems like in your situation, between that whole thing with, with, with UFC 208, the Cyborg thing, whatever, do you feel like if you go in there, you run it back with Holly, beat her convincingly, we can, we can finally move on from all of this negativity?
1: <laughs> well, I already moved on. <laughs> I already moved on a long, long time ago. But hey, whatever. I, you know, honestly, that's that's not something that's on my mind. If I have, i I'm, I honestly believe I don't have to prove anything to anybody. You know, like I said, I am in this because I love it, and I have. A, I have a bunch, a lot of amazing fans still stand, standing behind me and supporting me. You know, and there's always people that. will say or disagree with things you know and or have something to say about it and that's okay everybody is entitled to have their own opinion you know so like i said i don't have to prove that to anybody and it's an option you know and we will see what the future brings if holly and i will meet again we'll meet again you know time will tell and the UC will tell and and, you know it's not up to me you know we will see
0: it is not easy, especially now, to be as positive as you are, Jermaine. And that was like one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here, not just to talk about the win, because you are a very positive presence. Have you always been like that? Or is this something that you've sort of grown to do over the years? With, with, with wisdom comes extra positivity. You know what I mean?
1: I honestly, I believe, I think with wisdom comes extra positivity. And, you know, I have bad days too. You know, I have bad days too. Everybody has them, you know. I can be grumpy, absolutely. But you know, I start to, you know, with, the thing, with, with my job and the things that go on sometimes in life and not my life, but just in life in general, you know, it's so, it's so, it, it takes so much energy if you are a negative person, you know, because there, there can always be something negative or to complain about, but why not enjoy the things you have, the things we have, the things we are able to do. Because we're blessed that we're able to do the things we can do, you know. And I believe that there are people that don't always have that positive. And maybe if they see somebody smile, maybe they get a little bit of a smile. You know, I mean, a smile is very expensive, but it's at the same time so priceless. You never know what a smile can do to a person, you know. So make the best out of it. And I mean, make the best out of life. Because life is so damn short. You better enjoy what you're doing. You know, because there's a lot of things you can't control in life. The only thing you can control is how you react on a situation. So make out of it something negative. Try to make something positive because there's always something positive. You know, one time a person asked me, so what's the positive thing if I shit my pants? And I'm like, yeah, that's a good one. Well, at least you lost it. You know, you dropped it. So you don't have to take a shit anymore. And he am like, well, if you look at it like that way, I'm like, yeah. I mean, it sucks when you have to take a shit, but... Man. Okay. Well, it, it's now over. it's out. <laughs> now it's out. So yeah, I, I just like, I just like to think it. You know, I just want to stay positive and stay true to myself, and you know, share with people that there is a lot of things in life to love. I used to be a nurse, a psychiatric nurse, and I've seen very, very sick people in a way. You know, and these people didn't ask to be this sick. And they they didn't have always, they didn't all have joy in life. Sometimes some felt very horrible, you know, and it doesn't help to be then that negative, you know, give them something to smile about, give a person something to smile about. You know, you never know the person you cross on the street. If you smile at them, what that smile of yours to them means to them. So make the best out of it.
0: Well said, well said. And clearly, you know, you, you took a lot, from the Amanda fight because, you know, you, you weren't overly thrilled with your performance. You've talked about it in the media, but the positive spin, you feel like that you exposed Amanda. Like, it was pretty interesting to hear you. Why do you feel that way? And and do you feel like the positivity that, that you have helped you get past the Amanda fight and, and onto this next one? Because it seems like those two sort of are hand in hand in a way. Is that is that accurate?
1: Yeah, well... I believe, honestly, I believe positivity and, and self-reflection um, helped me go past this fight. Because it's very, you know, it's very easy to point fingers at people. But the only finger I point, first of all, was at myself. What could I have done differently in this fight? And I knew right away. I knew. So there was no reason to point at anybody. The only, re- the only person I had to point at was myself. And then it sucks losing, but there's always a tomorrow. The sun will come up tomorrow. And I didn't change this person because I lost. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, and you always get those awkward conversations. Then the person asks you, so how did your fight go? Well, I lost. And then a the person be like, uh, okay, uh, mm, sorry. Yep, don't be sorry. <laughs> you know, it's part of life. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. It, it is what it is. So that's the only sucky part about losing those awkward conversations. And you, it sucks. You know, I don't like losing, but it's also sometimes it's a good lesson because I learned so much about myself and, and the mistakes I've made. And that helped me in this fight camp to change my, not my attitude, but in a way it changed my attitude because, um, I looked at things differently and the things that I, that I, because I can be very stubborn in some way in during fighting, you know. No, I want to bang. I want to bang. I want to bang. And sometimes it's not just, I just want to bang. Sometimes you just got to fight, you know, and do what the game plan is. And it, it was good because in this fight camp, I really stick through what I should do. This is the game plan. This is the way I want to fight. And even though in the second round, I abandoned the game plan a little bit, you know, in the first round, I already made progress. Because I showed I can stick to things. You know, I can stay light on the feet. I don't have to be flat-footed. Just be disciplined about it. So, yeah. And, I mean, it's not, you know, it sucks. But, you know, I didn't lose to, to nobody. I, you know, I lost to somebody with a very fight, high fight IQ and, and a great champion. So, with all respect to Amanda Nunes.
0: So Saturday night was uh, had some firsts for you. We talked about getting the first submission, but you got your first bonus in over four years. You knocked out Aspen Ladd in 16 seconds and didn't even get a bonus. This one did it for you, the submission machine. That's what it takes to get a bonus, I guess. How does it feel to to get that extra 50 Gs and, and get that confidence of the UFC in order to get that honor? You know, that
1: it was that honestly... Oh, something went, sorry. There You know, um, you know, yeah, of course, everybody wants to have that bonus. And it's so funny because before the fight, I did an interview and I said, I want that bonus. You know, I want that bonus this time. And, you know, I didn't get it with the, with the Espen-Led fight, but th- that's okay. You know, the bonus is cool because Christmas is coming up so I can't spoil my, can't spoil everybody. So that's good. I'm happy, you know, and I'm opening my new gym together with one of my coaches in January. So, uh. You know, it's good. It's always it's always good when you're doing a lot of construction work to get an extra bonus. You know, and I appreciate it a lot. So uh, yeah, I'm happy with it. Absolutely,
0: that's great. How, when did uh, when did this all start to to get this gym going? Where's it going to be? And uh, this is exciting stuff.
1: Yeah. So uh, the gym's going to be in my hometown, Utrecht, uh, and I work. Uh, so it all started like uh, after the Amanda Nunes fight, I think. So my coach, which uh, I used to train with, we used to be training partners, and now he's one of my coaches. Uh, he said, you got to do something with your talent, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, it, I was like, yeah, 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 He says, why don't we just work together? And I'm like, okay, that sounds, that's, and he's an amazing coach. He has so many great fighters and more and more fighters come come to train with us. And um uh, and we had the same vision. So it first started talking about how our vision is about how a gym should be, and what what we want people to have when they enter the gym. And our visions were absolutely the same. And then, then he told me, you gotta do something with your talent. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You know, and he was like, why don't we work together? And I looked at him, and I'm like, you wanna work together with me? And he was like, I would love to work together with you. And I'm like, well, we have the same vision, we have the same views about things, why not? Yeah. Why not put our strengths together and m- give something new, the new talent, because kickboxing is you, is used here in Holland, but MMA is the next big thing, you know? So why not, why not do it? Why not give it a try? So we started looking at buildings and we found a gorgeous building, huge. And we are like, this is it. Let's go. And so we're now doing a lot of constructions and, uh, yeah, January 1st, we're opening the doors, so it's gonna be one hell of a, a new journey to add to all the to all the busy things I'm already doing.
0: Wow! Congratulations to both of you. That's amazing. Do you have a name for
1: the gym yet? Yeah, it will be SB Gym uh, slash Iron Lady.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. You might have to change Iron Lady to, to a Submission Machine, but
1: yeah, well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's easy to do. Easy construction. Uh, I know. You always call your mom after the fights. You guys have, you, you have such a close, close relationship with her. What was that conversation like with her after the win?
1: Well, I've, so I called her when I was in the cage. So I'm like, Mom, Mom, you're not going to believe this. I submitted <laughs> her. <laughs> but I choked her out. She'd be like, is she okay? Is she okay? And I'm like, oh, let me take a look. She's awake, Mom. She'd be like, oh, my God. Is she okay? Wasn't it too long? I'm like, no, but I'm gonna call you back. will call you back later, right? She's like, okay, okay, okay. So I called her back later and she like, because people already uh, sent her the clip of the submission. And she was like, she was out that long. Is she okay? I'm like, mom, she's okay, she's okay. The doctors will take good care of you, she's okay. And she was like, okay. Why didn't she tag? I'm like, I don't know, you gotta ask her. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And so she was very proud, but she was also, you know, as a mom, you know, and she knows Juliana has a mom, and she is a mom, you know. So she, nobody wants to see their ch- child getting choked out, you know. That that's one thing. And my mom is always concerned about my opponent if they're okay, also if I'm okay because she she loves what I do and she supports me fully, but she doesn't want anybody to get hurt. That's my mom.
0: It's a good mom right there. Yeah. Perfect world. When would you like to, to get back in there? You're having fun right now. You want to get back there. And you, I said, I believe you said you wanted to fight everybody. So when would you like to fight the, the next in line?
1: Well, I, you know, it's, like I said, it's a very crazy time right now. And uh, here in Holland, uh, the COVID uh, um, people that are getting tested positive, it's going up a little bit more. So we're getting more restrictions. And we heard that probably Friday we get a curfew. So it's going to be very tricky. That means also, you know, I got to work a lot uh, because, of course, I work as a first responder. So but in this situation, I hope to be back in January, you know, but there's also a job to do. And there's also people that really need my help right now. And my colleagues, we we all have to stand as one team and together with all the other first responders. So uh, ideally, definitely uh, beginning of the new year, you know, maybe the end, maybe the beginning of the new year. That's ideally, of course. Uh, But like I said, it's a very strange time. So uh, we take things step by step. And uh, yeah, I I, I honestly, I really, really hope and I got the fullest support of my all of my colleagues and my whole team, you know, to get back in there and and fight for the title again. So I got their support, absolutely. But like I said, it's a very hard time, especially with the curfew now coming up here in the Netherlands. Uh, We have to see. But uh, I keep training. I'll stay in shape, so don't worry. I, I'll be ready whenever I have to be ready. That's a promise.
0: There you go. I know Amanda is going to fight Megan Anderson on December 12th. That seems to be how the stars are going to align. So it kind of puts a hold on the title situation at 135 for a little while. I'm, I'm curious if, and, and I don't want to put negative juju out there at all, but if for some reason Megan can't make it to December 12th, would you have any interest in fighting Amanda for the other belt? Or is that not an option at all?
1: What you mean for my for my belt, right?
0: <laughs> for the, yes, you are the first champion. So what a story that would be. Uh,
1: I, you know, if 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 I'm able, if I would be able to, you know, and, and, and the UFC would say, yeah, that's the only shot you're ever going to get to fight Amanda. Again, I'll take it. But I've also said, if I get another shot in Amanda, and I will say it one more time to you. Now I'll tell you a couple, but I will tell you right now, if I get another shot and fight Amanda and she beats me, I'll retire right then and there on the spot. I will forever stay second best. So if she beats me again, I will retire then and there on the spot. Wow. Because there's nothing left to do anymore. She's the only one, you know, that beat me fair and square, no problem. And she's the true champion. But if I, the third time I cannot make it to beat her, then... It is what it is.
0: Is it like that for just Amanda? Or let's just say, you know, you fight Holly and she wins a a close decision or something. Is it the same thing or you're still moving forward?
1: No, my focus is, of course, on Amanda. You know, that's honest. You know, so no, it's Amanda. If she beats me again, I will retire. And I will retire, as, for my feeling, as a true champion, as a true fighter, with my head held high. But then, you know, I'm second best. She's the best. But I still believe I can beat her, you know, in every, every piece of my body and bone. Hold on, my, my dog comes to join us. Oh, yeah, So <laughs> <It's> the
0: positivity.
1: <laughs> yes. So no, I honestly, I still, every piece of my body and soul believes I can beat her. And I have the utmost respect for the champ. No, n- you know, nothing less to say about her. But if she beats me again, that will be the end of my MMA career. And I had a beautiful career because I've seen it all, been through it all, especially with my submission, when now, you know, I've done it all, I've seen it all. <laughs> so it will, then, I, you know, I obviously, I can't be here then. So, you know, you gotta be honest with yourself too.
0: Wow, what a storyline that would be. Title versus career, wow, that, that I, writes itself.
1: Yeah, but it's not a career, you know? It's not like she will end my career, no. But I mean, for what do I have to fight then? Honestly, can anybody tell me what do I have to, do you honestly believe I have to fight four times for the title? No, I'm 36 years old, I wanna have a family. No, I wanna have a baby one day. I mean, then, then do I have to go and fight 10 girls again to get another shot at a title? You know she's the champ, you know, and then she's the champ, and I'm I always, you know, then then I didn't beat her, but there is nothing more for me to fight in anymore. I'm ten times undefeated kickboxing champion and Muay Thai. I was the first featherweight champion, and I couldn't get the 135 belt. Then it's okay. I had a beautiful career. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing.
0: This is giving me goosebumps right now, Jermaine. I'm not gonna lie to you. A couple more things we let you go. I appreciate you giving me so much time today. You you talked about the first responders and I thought you dedicating the fight to them the way that you did was was very cool thing. You, You talked a lot in the lead up to the fight about the negativity police officers have been dealing with over the last several months because of a bad a few bad eggs. And, you know, I've talked about this myself. I know a lot of excellent police officers. So I don't think it's fair to paint all police officers with the same brush because of a few bad ones. But, you know, have you had other first responders, other police officers reach out to you to congratulate you on the win from like other parts of the country, maybe in the U S maybe on social media or something?
1: Yes, absolutely. Even Juliana, she thanked me for my service and her husband is a police officer and I thanked her that her husband and I thanked her husband for his service because they do, they deserve respect too you know and I had a couple of police officers absolutely also from the United States reaching out and saying thank you and some nurses you know some some firefighters, military you know and all props to them like I said all cool I won the fight by submission amazing but all props to them they deserve the respect right now absolutely in these hard times. They deserve it. And absolutely, shout out to them. That fight was for them, that dedication. And I hoped, and I said it too, after the interviews, I hope a lot of people stayed inside, obeyed the rules, stayed inside, watched some fights, you know, to make their job a little bit easier that night. So, hey, <laughs> maybe it's a win for all of us.
0: Last thing, I, I feel that the way this interview has gone, we should... We should end it in a positive way because you are a very positive presence and you want to be respected by your peers, the UFC, the fans, etc. You know, what is the message for everybody when it comes to you, the fight game specifically, and you know, even what's going on in the world, what do you want to leave everybody with? And you know, that last bit of positivity, what do you want to say to everybody?
1: I just want to say to everybody, I know we go through a hard time. We all do. Every part in this world, we go into a very, very tough time. But as an individual, we're not as strong. That as we all stand together hand in hand, and it doesn't matter where you come from, what race you are, what color you have, what you believe, or who you love, it doesn't matter. We have to stand strong together. And if together we can beat this virus and hopefully we soon can back, can back go back to normal. And remember, die with memories, not dreams.
0: Congratulations, Jermaine. Amazing win against a very tough opponent. Now you're putting women to sleep with chokeholds. The arsenal is getting more vast as time moves forward. Enjoy being back home and all the best to you moving forward. Thank you for the time.
1: Thank you so much. Stay safe and stay healthy for you and your family.
0: What an amazing conversation that was. Really enjoyed it. Could have talked to her for another hour easily. Jermaine and me coming up for a big win over Juliana Payne. how about that? She's down for the Holly home fight. But she wants at some point, may not be next, and she understands where she's at right now, but at some point she wants to fight Amanda Nunes again for the world title, preferably the 135 pound title. If it's for the 145 title, sounds like she'd be up for that as well. But I found it very interesting that if she gets an opportunity and she doesn't defeat Amanda Nunes, she will retire right then and there. And that is some gusto because she's very realistic, very realistic about where she's at in her career, what else she has to prove. I mean, she's been a former champion. She's beaten pretty much everybody. She's a number one ranked women's bantamweight in the world. I think her Holly Holm is the fight to make if she beats Holly Holm. I don't think you can make much of an argument against her getting another shot at the title. So I think that's the most direct path to her getting there. So I think that's the fight that ends up happening. I think that's the fight that everybody wants to see and everyone feels makes all the sense in the world. So thank you to Jermaine Duranemi. For that thoughtful and insightful conversation. As we move ahead to our second guest and actually our final guest on this shortened edition of What the Heck here on mbafighting.com we're going to talk to John Gotti III. He is back at action October 14th, next Wednesday night, headlining CES 61 in Warwick, Rhode Island, inside the tent. It's going to air on UFC Fight Pass. Here he is, JG3 himself, John Gotti III. All right, we have one of the bright welterweight prospects in our sport joining the program right now. He returns to action next Wednesday, October 14th, in the main event of CES 61. He's going to take on Nick Alley, happy to be joined by the undefeated John Gotti third. John, how are you, man?
2: Doing great, Mike. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. It's been a, a crazy year for MMA, for sports in general. Things were shut down for a bit, and that includes a lot of the regional MMA scene in the United States CS is getting back after it for the first time since January, a card that you were on, but how excited are you to, to get back to work and do so in the main event of this return card for the promotion that you spent your entire pro career competing for?
2: I'm very excited. You know, it's been, like you said, it's been a long, what, six months since uh, my last fight, uh, nothing to do but to train and then to improve my game. So, you know, I'm eager to show it, you know, October 14th. And, uh, I think it'll be a good fight. It's gonna be a good show. How
0: have you been dealing with the pandemic and training and, and trying to stay sharp with everything that's been going on?
2: Well, I, I continued training right, right on through after my last fight, you know, right away. And then well, we got hit with the pandemic, and gym started shutting down, and, and all this other crazy nonsense. So, I'm, I'm I'm fortunate. I have like a little bit of space at home to do my my training and get my uh, my extra work in. So I just continue training normally and would set up appointments with my trainers, individual work and whatnot. And we made it work and, and we, we trained hard these last six months. So I feel really good.
0: Are things back to normal now in New York? You're able to, to get back into the gym and, and work with your team a little bit more.
2: Uh, it's starting to get semi-normal in some gyms. Um, other gyms no, you still have to wear the mask all the time. So it's extremely difficult to, uh, to get workouts in wearing a mask. But, and, and, um, you know, we're doing what we can do, I guess. You know, it's, it's, it's what it is, but you have to work around it. It's, it's times that we're in right now.
0: Yeah, and you're part of the Long Island MMA team that includes guys yeah. like Brian Kelleher, who I've talked to a million times. He's super high on you as a teammate and a fighter, but to see how active he's been throughout all of this, how, how motivating has that been for you to see that this has not slowed him down at all? In fact, this has probably been his biggest year as, as, as a fighter in terms of namesake and, and activity.
2: Oh yeah, so it's awesome. You know, he, he looks like he's having a great time uh, out there. You know, he's 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 being active. He, he looks good, and he looks more comfortable with the no uh no audience. So I'm eager to see how that how that feels fighting with no fans and uh and whatnot, come October 14th. But uh yeah, it's really motivating, man. It it makes you want to get out there and just perform.
0: I was at your last fight. You took on Marcos Lareda, the most experienced fighter that you face in your career. You picked up a unanimous decision. Right. And most people expect you to go in there and finish fights in the first round. You have done so your previous four fights, but how much experience do, do you think you're able to gain from that fight with a guy like Marcos, veteran, savvy, knows some, some some different kinds of tricks through his experience, and and just taking on a guy like that? What did you take away from that fight?
2: Oh, it took a lot, it, you know, a lot from that fight. Like you said, he's he's a veteran in his own right. You know, he has uh, you know 13, 14 fights that he fought since uh, my last fight as well, and he won last week. I watched. So he's been around the scene, you know. He's hungry. He was hungry, you know, to come and take that W. And I got put in a lot of diff- difficult situations in that fight, and and had to fight through it. So all you could gain is experience from that type of fight. You know, that's the type exactly the type of fight I needed at that particular time in January. So I think I learned a lot from that fight, no doubt.
0: You mentioned the uh, the fans or lack thereof for October fourteenth, because one thing that I've noticed about the Lareda fight and then just seeing all of your other fights in CES is that you do not travel alone. And that is saying, stating it lightly. It's, it's pretty, it's actually pretty wild to, to see how many members of your circle show up for all of these fights. Like it's like a completely different atmosphere when it's your turn to fight uh, usually at 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 twin river or wherever these events take place this time. You're going to be in the tent, no fans. How different is that going to be for you to go from these massive you know, John Gotti, the third almost event takeover crowds to just you, your opponent, the referee and, and
2: a few other guys. Yeah, you know what? Listen, like I said, I love I love our supporters and our, and our people. It means more to me than anything when they come out and, and support. But I'm I'm like I'm an introvert type of kid, you know, and I, I like my space type of uh, like to be to be alone. So this actually fits like suits me better to, to fight, you know, with no fans. It's nice and quiet. It's almost like a, a high-stakes barn session, which I think I'm going to perform better and, and feel more comfortable doing. So I'm very excited for it. You know, you're not going to get this chance too often. You know, because of the circumstances, obviously you have to have no fans. But I'm 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 excited to see how it feels to get out there and fight.
0: So you're going to fight Nick Alley next Wednesday, all right. a local New England fighter. He's six and three. He's won his last three, all first-round submissions. None of his fights in his career have gone to the judges' scorecards, which seems to be right up your alley. Did you right. know much about Nick when you were offered this fight?
2: Uh, yeah, I've I've heard of Nick uh, throughout the years on, on the regional scene. You know, I'm I'm f- definitely was familiar with him. I've seen a couple of his fights. You know, he's a tough kid. He comes to fight. He comes from a good school. So uh, I'm sure you know he, he trained he trained his butt off for this fight. And I'm sure they have a, a solid game plan they're coming to bring. But we're ready for anything. You know, I have a good team like you said, Long Island MMA, and Ryan LaFleur, who who came up with my own game plan. So we're ready for anybody and anything.
0: When were you offered this fight? Like, when did you know that, that this is a thing?
2: Uh, about a month ago. about a, a little over a month ago, they, they offered him and, and me the fight. We both accepted. So we both been preparing for each other for at least a little over a month now.
0: There you go. Were you, were you confident that they were going to be able to pull it off? Did, was the date sort of, like, set? Or were they like, it's going to be around this time frame?
2: Yeah, they were giving me like around this time frame, like from the from the 14th to the 20 something. I don't know. And the date was the 17th first, then it came to the 16th, 15th, the 14th. We're meeting like head on here. Uh, the next thing you know, it's gonna be this week. So it's whatever. I'm ready. I'm in shape. My weight's awesome. I'm just I'm just ready to go.
0: What is your weight right now? If you don't mind me asking.
2: Uh, yesterday was about 177. So I'm like I'm ahead of schedule here.
0: You'll be on weight by the time you get to Rhode Island.
2: I'll be on weight by the end of this week if I need to, you know, I, was close. I feel good, which normally my weight cuts come down to the wire. It's literally drive up there to to Rhode Island or wherever I'm fighting, you know, I just make the weight.
0: This sport, as you know, it's it's ever evolving, right? Like the more experience you get, the better you become, the the, the better fighters you, you share the cage with, the better sure. you get. And, and from... So for, from like the 24-year-old who made his pro debut in October 2017 to the guy that we're going to see next Wednesday, what do you right. think is like the biggest difference between that guy to the fighter we're going to see three years
2: later? Um, well, listen, in, in these last three years, I've I made nothing but improvements, and I've been working nonstop uh, on improving. If you're not improving, like you said, in this, in this sport, you're going to get eaten because everybody's evolving every fight. So I, I believe I made big improvements since January. You know, I changed a lot of my style up. I worked a lot of my weaknesses. I worked on my conditioning, my kicks, stance switching, everything. So if you're not evolving in this game, you're not going to last long because every fight you see guys, the calf kicks and stance switches, they're constantly changing their game. So I believe I believe every fight you're going to see improvement and evolution out of my game, and, and uh, God willing, it works out.
0: Obviously, I mean, listen. It's no secret you you get a lot of attention because of your name and your family right. lineage. I mean, you've been asked about it ad nauseum because you know of who your grandfather was and the family name right. and the Gotti name is a place in American history, no doubt about that. But right. like like when you look at a guy like say like a James Gallagher in Bellator, like he's he's proud to be a friend and a teammate of Conor McGregor, but you know he wants to be more than than just the oh yeah, that's the guy who trains with Conor. He wants to blaze right. his own trail and do his own thing. Are you are you okay with constantly being asked about the last name, or are you hoping that at some point the headlines won't always have John Gotti the third, the grandson of the infamous John Gotti, is going to fight this guy,
1: and you yeah. could be kind of
0: like your own guy? You know what I mean?
2: Unfortunately, yeah, listen, it is what it is. Uh, every time I do fight, it, that's that's going to be brought up and it's going to be mentioned because that's my name. I have the exact name. I'm not. I'm not ashamed of it, you know. I, I embrace my name. I, I, am proud of my name, you know. And, and I'll do the best I can to represent my name in the best way I could. So my, my sons and my grand, you know, my grandsons could, could walk, you know, walk proudly and whatnot. So I'm, I'm, I, I walk through fire. I walk through fire with my name, you know. I raise the black flag always, and and I'll go to war, you know, for my name. So I'm proud of it, like I said. But um, it is what it is, you know. It's always gonna be mentioned when I fight because. It's it's the the elephant in the room, so I'm I, I don't get annoyed with it at all. It's okay.
0: All right, well said, well said. How do how do you get this thing done on October fourteenth against a, a tough test in Nick Alley?
2: Any way possible, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight smart. I'm gonna fight my game. You know. I'm I'm gonna look to pick him apart and and just see what he brings. You know. I'm sure, like I said, he he has a game plan. He's gonna try to pull some slick stuff, maybe some submissions or you know things like that. So I'm just ready for whatever. We prepared for whatever. We got hard sparring in for this camp, you know, different bodies coming in every round, bigger guys, you know, middleweights and light heavyweights. So, and I got pushed to the max. This camp has been a long, long six months and and I'm ready to go and just have a slice of pizza or something.
0: (laughs) There's I mean, there's a lot of fans who ask me specifically why you haven't been on the season of Dana White's contender series because and I remember when we spoke after your last win, you said that you're staying patient. It's about getting better. And when you're ready to jump on that opportunity or sign right. with a big global promotion, you want to make the most of it. You don't want any wasted time in your career. How close do you think you are to taking that next step? Like if you go out there on October 14th and look sensational and you put Nick away quickly, does that change things at all? Do you think you'll be ready or do you still think you need a little bit more seasoning?
2: Listen, I think I think this fight is going to be a lot that comes from this fight, you know. You know, with a win, you know, I think if we win and look impressively here, you know, I have to sit down with my team and we got to discuss, you know, the rest of the year to see what the next steps are. You know, uh, they may it may be a big next step, it may be a tiny next step, but there definitely will be there will be something, you know, something big depending on how we look here. So this fight's very important, I believe the outcome of this fight, and then we'll go from there. But. With, with, with a win, I'm anticipating maybe a step up. I don't, I don't know where, I don't know when, but you know, we'll see.
0: Have you been offered a contender series fight in the past? Like I know Dana took to social media before your last fight. He let everybody know that you're about to make the walk to the cage. You're clearly on their radar. Have there I, things? Have there been opportunities like that presented to you?
2: Well, I'm sure there's been different presented to my team and, and, and whatnot. But uh, like I said, I'm just looking to take my time and, and gain as much experience as I can on on the regional scene because. Once you eventually get to to a certain step, the floodgates open now, you know, now you're, you're facing, you're facing the elite of the elite here. So you have to be ready for everybody and everything, and you have to be on your game. Otherwise you'll get, you'll get really messed up. So, but, but I'm sure they've been presented not to me personally, but I'm sure to my team. And, um, I'm sure when the time's right and it makes sense, we'll make those steps.
0: I'm sure being how you are and being sort of a, I I guess, a loner, as you like to say, you like to be alone and and be by yourself i'm sure that makes things a lot easier you're not in this social media world where everyone's tagging you and stuff and saying like yeah. when are you fighting in the ufc john like this must make things a lot easier for you right
2: no they, i still get the tags and whatnot but i just uh i kind of just uh just swipe right or what do you swipe left <laughs> but uh but yeah you know what listen it's all love at the end of the day and all the positive support means it means the world to me so i, I embrace that you know tenfold but uh I just like my space. You know, I'm a simple guy. I, going to the movies is enough for me or going to dinner or just hanging out at home and watching football today. That's just the type of guy I am. So and I'll always be like that. Yeah. Who are you going to be?
0: Who are you watching? You got a jersey that you're going to be wearing today or what?
2: I, normally, I'm a Jets fan, but you know, they break my heart every year. So uh, I, I went to the Buccaneers and Tom Brady this year. I Whoa. bandwagon. Yeah, I had to. Wow. Is that
0: yeah. I mean, is, as as a Jets fan, that's going to break your heart a little bit or. You know, is it just because you're a Brady fan and now that he's not in the Patriots, I, yeah. you can feel better about cheering for him?
2: I've always been a Brady fan. I've been watching Brady since literally I'm five years old. So it's like a nostalgic feeling every time I see Brady and he's competing with these kids that are 18, 19 years old. So I just, everywhere he goes, I root for It's hard not to root for Brady. He's just uh, the type of guy you just, you know, you ha- you just need to root for. He has that type of energy to him. And, uh, you know, all his teammates and everybody who's ever played with him, uh there's nothing but good things to say about him. So it says what kind of guy he is. You know, I just, I, I hope he does good this year. And I'm looking forward to uh, to watching it.
0: I never understood the the hatred outside of New England for Tom Brady. It just made no sense to me. Because I, I grew up in the Boston area and like, right. you know, the Yankees suck and all that stuff. But like, I was right. a big Derek Jeter mark. And people used, like, used to give me crap about it all the time. Like, how right. can you hate this guy? Like, the guy plays hard. So why? Because he's a good looking guy and he makes a lot of money. We were supposed to hate him. Like, the guy worked as hard as he could and, and got to this position. Why hate the man, you know? hundred yeah,
2: percent Yes, and I'll never hear anybody that's uh, doing something positive and 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 successful with their life uh, so listen, Tom Brady to me is a legend. Uh, I love Tom Brady since I'm a kid. I love him now and I, and I hope he wins the Super Bowl this year. i'm I'll go out and I'll live and say that as a jet fan. all right is
0: it um is it UFC or bust for you like because we've seen Bellator make some big moves lately. They're signing a ton of prospects, a lot of free agents that have very high ceilings. they're investing in the future of their company. Are you open to to all options and avenues here, or do you kind of have a favorite in your gut here?
2: Listen, I'm I'm, op- I'm open to uh, to all options. At the end of the day, it's, it comes down to what my my team wants and my coaches. I always you know I always trust them and 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 take their advice on anything because they they've been there before. Like Ryan LaFleur, he's been at the top of the sport. Derek Panza is a kickboxing world champion, so it's not UFC or bust necessarily. It's just uh, what makes the most sense and where I would fit the best. That's that's what it comes down to for me.
0: Well, you seem to have your mind in the right place here, and being a New England guy myself, I am thrilled that we have some MMA in the region to look forward to. It's been a minute. It all goes down October 14th, CS61 live, and exclusively on UFC Fight Pass main event is this man, John Gotti III, taking on Nick Alley. John, thank you for the time, man. I really appreciate it, and all the best to you for the rest of camp and in the fight itself. Good stuff right there from John Gotti III, should be a heck of a fight. Nick Alley is a tough customer. He is one of the toughest outs in New England. No doubt about that. He's six and three. Three fight winning streak. All submissions. None of his fights have gone to the judge's scorecard. So he goes in there and it's it just falls to the wall. It's just live by the sword, die by the sword. That's the that that's the kind of fighter he is. So him and John Gotti the third should be one heck of a fight. I think it's a, a great test after the Marcus Lareda fight to go in and fight a guy like Nick Alley, who is looking to make a big move himself. I like this fight. I think it's gonna be really good. And for those who think that John Gotti III is just gonna go in there and steamroll him, yeah, that could happen. But just knowing Nick Alley and following his career a little bit and then following John the III's career as well, I think it's gonna be a good scrap. So big thank you to John the III, big thank you to CES for setting that one up. And of course, big thank you to Jermaine Duranamy for coming on and kicking us off. And a big thank you to all of you for watching and listening and for being so understanding that Mother Nature doesn't like us in New England from time to time, gets crazy out there and we'll have some bonus coverage, some bonus conversations for you to check out on our YouTube page with Alex Hernandez, with James Krause and working on some other stuff for next week's episode of What The Heck as well. But don't you worry, we got tons of coverage when it comes to UFC Fight Island 5, coming up this Saturday, headlined by Marlon Moraes versus Corey Sanhagen. We talked a lot about the stakes of that fight on Between the Links, so go and check that out. And we'll have your weigh-in show coverage beginning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday. We'll have your preview show. And then on Saturday, coverage galore of that event, getting you ready. Jose Young's still in Abu Dhabi, our boots on the ground. He'll have all the scrums, all the post-fight interviews, and then we'll have the post-fight show and all that stuff. So, coverage galore right here on mafighting.com big thank you once again for all of you watching the program every week big thank you to casey lyden on the production side putting this all together our team for all the graphics and all that stuff appreciate it very much as always have a heck of a week everybody thank you very much good night everybody
1: you're listening to the vox media podcast network